What's up, youth workers? Paul Turner here from thediscipleproject.net. Glad you guys could join me today. Hang on to your seats today, guys, because we're going to talk about some weird things. Because we're going to talk about weird kids. We're going to talk about how to minister maybe to these weird kids. By the way, I say weird in air quotes. And I want to say, first of all, that admittedly, I am, in fact, a weird kid. Now, listen, if you're a normal person, um, you may not be, be able to relate to this podcast or to me because I grew up weird. But uh, but if you're weird like me, well, then maybe we'll be able to connect and we can talk. But don't listen. If you're not, if you're normal, hang around because uh, there's some weird kids in your youth group that kind of need your attention. And I want to try to help you with that. So we're going to jump into that today. Before we jump into the meat of today's podcast, I want to just let you know that coming up in the next podcast, I'm going to be interviewing Jim Hancock. And Jim Hancock has been an authority on crisis and kids in crisis for a very long time. I'm going to have him on the podcast and we'll be talking about the Parkland, Florida shooting, as well as how to deal with kids in crisis and maybe tragedies in our towns. So you want to tune in for that. And I uh, also want to let you know that uh, I have a new store uh, that I have. It's uh, gumroad.com slash resources. That'll be in the show notes there. And I just uploaded a new resource there called Destination Up. It's a three-week um, sermon series dealing with God's callings from Philippians chapter 4 and about the high calling of God and about the, the callings on kids' lives. So I want to encourage you to go check that out. At least go check out the store uh, and then you can see all the resources that I put up there. So let's jump into it today. I want to start off with a quote from the Washington Post concerning Nicholas Cruz, the shooter in the Parkland, Florida uh, tragedy that happened. And the quote says, weird was the word students had used to describe Cruz since middle school. At first, it was nothing alarming, said Dakota Mutchler who was 17 years old, who attended middle school with Cruz, adding that there was something a little off about him, but that was it for a while. And that was from the Washington Post. And I've noticed this word in other articles as well, that the description of Nicholas Cruz was weird. And I can understand this. Like I said, I myself being a weird kid in high school, and I I say weird because I, I uh, I was not an athlete. I was not a cool kid. Um, I was not, in those days, what they call preppies. Uh, I did not fit in with any of the in crowd. In fact, I would wear black on red and white days, which was <laughs> supposed to be pep rally color days. And I was such an antisocial kid in so many different ways. I was bullied when I was a kid. Um, there's just so many. <laughs> I loved, uh, still love heavy metal. Uh, you know, I'm still weird. I'm still weird, guys. It's just the way it is. And, uh, and you know what, I could have been one of those kids that, you know, that people would describe as weird, um, because maybe I had an off sense of humor, uh, very much into, uh, since it was kind of the mid eighties, I was into playing Dungeons and Dragons, which I occasionally still participate in today. Don't judge me. And, um, and once again, it, I was just one of those kids, uh, that maybe that, uh, I, I could have been, you know, overlooked. Fortunately, I had great youth workers who did not overlook me. I was weird, but that weirdness did not put them off, right? So they, they, they had no uh, uh, you know, issues with my weirdness. They just sort of loved me in spite of my weirdness. And, uh, and I think that worked out pretty well. 
And I think what we have to do in ministering to our weird kids, once again, air quotes, because what is weird to us is normal to them, right? We're, as we get older, there are certain things uh, that normalize, right? There's things that um, um, to us are just get weirder. And we, I know we say things like uh, the culture and all these things. And listen, I understand that. But the, the difference is here, we're not asking, you know, we don't have to love the culture. We just have to love the kid. And we're going to break this down. I want to break this down into three parts as to ministry to the weird kids in your group. Uh, you know, and by the way, what you and I like, if you're over the age of anything, right? If you're over the, I'm approaching 50. If you're over the age of 25 or even, you know, that 26, that area there, you know, what you like could be weird, even though you're very young, could be weird to that 13, 14 year old in your group. So the things that you and I like are going to be weird to our teenagers, and, and so we're weird. We're the anomaly, right, to them. They're, they're the, the, the prevalent uh, society there. We're the ones that are growing older. We tend to like what we like. We like to stay in our lane, uh, all those kind of things. And I think we just have to remember that, uh, that, that the weird kids in our group are special kids that need special attention. And it breaks my heart that somebody like Nicholas Cruz, you notice that the quote said, um, that have been used to describe crews since middle school, and I think that's where it happens, guys. That's where the that's where the weirdness starts. That's where the, the that's where you know, among other things, right? I mean, you have biological changes. You got hobbies, music. You got things that kids get into, and it's that weirdness that you start to define. You start trying different roles. You start. Uh, trying to figure it out, and you know, you just find your weird tribe, which is fine. But what happens is, is amongst at least in a youth ministry setting, is that there's that we say don't bow to peer pressure. Yet in youth ministry, we ask weird kids to conform. Does that I mean? And the peer pressure to conform, even without. And I see this is why we have many kids in our youth group that are not saved or not don't know Jesus or uh, don't, you know, they conform, but there's no inward change because they've conformed the outside to fit with a group of people, much like they do in high school or middle school. Uh, And so they'll go on trips and they'll do things, but there's no life change going on uh, because the conformity, right? Because maybe we've not uh, embraced them as uh, the kid that they are. And I know this, I've had weird kids over the years. I've had kids that were metalheads, skaters, I love me some skaters, man. Those kids, those dudes were weird. Uh, they did weird stuff all the time, man. They tried anything. They did anything. Uh, I've had goth kids. I've had punk kids. I've had all kinds of various ranges of what people would consider weirdness, or even as older adults might consider this antisocial behavior. And these weird kids, man, are... Uh, I mean, the heart of God. I, they're just the heart of God. And they're my heart, you know? And I love these kids because, you know, they're, they're trying. They're, they're trying to make their way. They're trying to, uh, you know, figure it out. And, you know, other than, you know, I tend to, uh, you know, uh, stray away from the perfect kids because, well, they got their world together. Uh, they're not, they're, they're, for me, that's the opposite kid. That's the kid I have trouble ministering to because they're opposite from me. Their lives are perfect. I have children. My own children grew up to be, grew up uh, doing cheerleading, 
and football and sports and all those things. Uh, I have one of my children who grew up a little weird like me, which I can appreciate. So one out of three is not bad. But I told my my two older kids, I said, "Listen, you understand that you're you you you're you did things and became children that that I grew up hating in high school, right? You you became those kids that I couldn't connect with uh, because they wanted a, a particular uh, type of perfect look or lifestyle or uh, all those kind of things, popularity uh, and all those things." And, uh, and so, and so I've had to, you know, I've had to, you know, really bear down and, and tell them I love them no matter what. So, but, uh, so let me give you three ways, you know, when we're talking about kids that I understand they're tough, they're, they're tough kids to minister to, because we tend to lean towards what is normal to us. And we struggle with kids who we don't feel like we have anything to talk with. But let me give you three steps. The first one is to identify. Now you say, well, how do I identify a weird kid? Well, <laughs> that's, that may be the easiest part of this, right? Uh, those are the people that are outside our social norms. Those are the kids that uh, tweak us the wrong way. Those are the kids that talk about things we have no idea uh, what they're talking about. And we want them to conform. We want them to talk about things that we like to talk about. And we want them to like things that we like and so forth. Um, but when we look at kids maybe who are struggling, uh, who are kids that are different, kids that are uh, you know, dealing with issues and things like that, I look for kids who sit alone. I mean, they tend to be offstandish. They tend to be maybe in a much smaller group with maybe just one person or two person. They don't necessarily mix in with a group of the six, seven, eight, or all the people that are kind of enjoying the same joke kind of thing. Sometimes they do. Once again, I don't want this. I don't want to marginalize them even more in saying this because everybody's different. Okay. There's various degrees. There are weird kids that can fit in with anybody and there are weird kids who separate themselves. So I want to make sure that's, you know, across the board there, there are different kinds of kids, but I do look for kids who tend to sit alone who don't seem to identify with the rest of the group, maybe, or don't identify with the culture of the rest of the group. Um, and I look for kids too, who, uh, on social post unusual things. Uh, I had a kid one time post a question. Why do most, they said, why do, why do people hate social, uh, hate Satanist and Wiccan so much? And it's an honest question. And, but I just saw the immediate knee jerk reaction of that on social. And uh, maybe this young person did not quite understand the internet uh, or the church people that are on the internet who like to respond to such things. And uh, and uh, I let that young person know that. I said, listen, I don't care that you asked the question. Uh, in fact, I think the question is fine. I said, uh, I said, our, the reasoning or some of the things you commented, you know, I try to, you know, I try to address the, 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 the post, not the person. Um, you know, and deal with that. So you look at things like kids who are posting unusual things or unusual hobbies. Now, I want to also say that Nicholas Cruz had a fascination with weapons, right? Knives, guns, all those kind of things. And, uh, and you know, some people see that, well, that's dangerous. Well, I had a kid that came to my youth group who wore, I mean, literally had like three knives on him all the time. I mean, he had one around his neck, okay? Uh, I live in the state of Alabama where everybody owns a gun, uh, we will be the last state that any uh, foreign country will be able to take over because we have <laughs> we have the most guns and weapons per capita, I think. And um, so uh, if you're a, a, a foreign nation uh, who seeks to conquer us, I'm letting you know right now, do not uh, come near Alabama because you will pay dearly. Uh, I look for kids, uh, you know, 
who, um, you know, who if they have that interest, I can't connect with that. I don't own a gun. Uh, I don't uh, hunt. I don't, uh, uh, you know, I, t- I like to fish when I can. But that's a culture around here, right? I, 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 I would go if somebody invited me to go to hunting, maybe I'd try it. Um, but, uh, you know, that, I think people look at me and go, that guy, that guy, that guy wouldn't make it out in the woods. He's not, <laughs> that, that, the deer would, the deer would just maul him and he would probably die. Maybe, maybe, uh, you know, I tell people, I tell people, say, look, I, I'd like to hunt things that could hunt me back. You know, I mean, deers are fairly, you know, you're up in a tree stand, you know, a hundred feet away, you know, shooting a gun. I want to be up close, right? I want to be like, is this, could this thing climb the tree and get me, right? That's, that's my, that's my thing. I want to hunt things that hunt, can hunt me. And, uh, and so when you're trying to connect with these kind of kids who are in hunting or love knives, which I love knives. I mean, I think weapons are cool in the regard to uh, their look or, you know, uh, you know, you go to the flea market and, you know, you see the samurai sword table or the big giant axes and stuff like that. I think that stuff's cool. So, you know, but I understand that there's a there's a danger level in that where we look at kids who have a obsession, maybe the way Nicholas Cruz did, and uh, you want to be aware of those things uh, because you know what these things start out with and what they turn into maybe are two different things. We miss it maybe in the uh, the the obsession of it maybe in the mix, and we think, well, that kid's weird, but we don't take a deeper dive, right? So, but we'll get into that in just a minute. You know, I look for kids, obviously, who dress for shock or for attention. I, you know, I look for uh, kids who talk about stuff that I don't understand. Uh, And, uh, you know, normal kids, you know, you identify uh, the fact that, uh, you know, normal kids uh, are the ones for me who I can identify pretty quickly because they are, um, you know, they're socially, you know, they seem to have everything somewhat together and things like that. But, um, you know, those are the kids that are well within our comfort zones. You know, I tend to look when I am identifying, I look at things like t-shirts, what are they wearing? What are the bands? What are the, uh, you know, uh, stuff, music they're listening to? Like if a kid's listening, I say, Hey, what are you listening to? Uh, you know, you can quickly identify, you know, uh, kids in such, uh, different ways by, you know, those kind of cultural, uh, touchstones there. So I think you have to first identify, right? You have to say, well, who are the weird kids? Next question you have to ask yourself is this, is um, how do I go, how am I going to engage with them, right? How, how if you struggle with it, uh, you just have to, you know, it starts out with small talks or things like that. But I think the number one thing is that you have to be genuinely curious about a student and their life. You know, you have to, you know, when the, 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 I know we want to minister to kids, but sometimes we, we are, you know, ministry first rather than identify and engage and then ministry, but we start out with ministry and yet we've not chosen to engage or to walk in their world or to, and I'm not saying you got to go all deep level here. I'm not saying you got to go home and, you know, uh, play Overwatch for six hours to be able to identify with a student. Uh, I'm just saying you have to be genuinely curious right, about a student and their music or their culture or whatever they're into. And if you start with that, I find that kids are, are genuinely willing to, you know, help you. You know, I've asked kids, help me, show me how to play this video game. Show me uh, what this is about. You know, what's your favorite song on that album? Uh, you know, I was talking with a student recently at a retreat and she was wearing uh, her uh, Metallica shirt. And we talked about, 
you know, because being a, a heavy metal kid, I was very much into Metallica and other things. We talk about Sandman, talk about Sandman Concert, and that's just kicked off a whole great conversation. And um, and you know, uh, and I was able to minister later on, and just and even in the conversation as it kind of you know went uh, a different way. But I showed genuine interest in what she was interested in. And the next thing is, listen, I just ask a lot of questions, right? How does this work? Uh, what, uh, you know, uh, you know, what is this, how do you play this or why do you like this music? Um, you know, just, I just ask a lot of questions about, you know, what they're into, you know, enough to be satisfied. Once again, I don't make it sound like an interview, but I, I do enough to, uh, satisfy my own curiosity to some degree. Right. Um, you know, I ask kids to show me their weirdness, right? Show me what is this, what does this look like to you? You know, uh, if a kid, I've had plenty of kids who are artists and I say, show me your sketchbook. Show me what you're drawing right now. And even if I can't, once again, if it doesn't identify with me, if I can't quickly do that, I at least comment on the artistic work itself and say, wow, that is really good uh, pencil work, or that's really good uh, concept, or man, I really like how you did that. There are things that we can find within the things that kids do that we, um, that we, can, we can do that, right? And then, and then the last thing I would say as far as the engagement is, you know, do that weirdness with them, whatever they're into, right? If you want to sit down and play a video game with them or sit down and do a hobby with them or play a, uh, a board game with them they're into or, you know, go to a concert with them to a band that you've never heard of and just observe and look at the culture, right? What is this kid into? Uh, and you know your own limits, right? I'm not saying you have to go, like I said, a deep dive. You don't have to immerse yourself into the kid's culture that you want to minister to, but at least understand it right? The old quote uh, from John Maxwell says, you know, first seek to understand, then to be understood, right? So we seek to understand a kid. We engage with them. We, whether it's small talk or whatever it may be, and sometimes maybe you give a little social shout out to something, you know, that you connected with or something you saw that a kid might be interested in and say, look, I saw this, thought you might like it, or like a funny meme that kind of goes along with their culture. You know, things like that are just simple things to say, listen, yes, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm old, but I get it, right? You know, and if you're younger, well, you know, uh, I'm, I'm not, you know, they'll, they'll go along with you maybe because you're a little bit younger, but I think engagement knows no age limit, right? A kid will respond to a 50 year old trying to engage or a 25 year old. What we don't, what we can't do, I don't think is we can't pander to kids. We can't pretend to like what they like. We can't patronize them. We can't, it's got to come from a place of genuine authenticity. It has to come from a place where we're caring about this kid as a human being and um, and then we can move then to, I think, to the third phase, which is be able to minister to them, right? So identify who your kids are, engage with them at the level you're comfortable with, and then minister to them. And I think here's where I think we get it wrong as youth workers sometimes, that real relationships are not a means to an end. In other words, I'm not friends with this kid just so they'll get saved. I'm not friends with this kid uh, just because he'll come to youth group more. I'm not friends with this kid uh, just because, just so, you know, uh, that he'll come to church uh, or whatever it is, you know, a real relationship. We don't do that in any other form. I hope we don't. We don't do that with any other form of relationship, right? We don't, we don't do that with our wives if you're married or your husbands if you're married. Uh, we don't do that with our, our bosses necessarily, right? We're, we're trying to build real relationships in the real world. And kids can tell when relationships are fake 
or when we want something from them or something like that. I, I just think we start too many youth workers and I've done this. Listen, I'm not holier than thou, please. Right. I've, I've made this mistake many times where you're putting ministry first. Well, I just want to minister to the kid, right? We're trying to get them to Jesus, which I completely understand, but I do think there's a process to it. I think Jesus shows the process as well. You know, he identifies people, he engages with them, and then he ministers to them. And the ministry that we have is to build relationships with kids so they can see Jesus in us and they can see how to live. They have to see in the model. It can't just be words. It has to be actions as well. And actions over time lead to authentic relationships, right? They got to see it happening in our lives as well. Uh, I will also say this in the ministry part, sometimes what makes it hard to minister to these kids is that we think that everything weird is sinful. Uh, everything, everything is weird. Everything is weird and sinful. And I can't even, I'm not even going to listen to this or, or touch this or any of those things. And, um, you know, I think about Peter, you know, when God showed Peter on the rooftop, you know, all the unclean things. And I understand he was talking about people, but, you know, he's talking about, you know, Peter would have never gone to the Gentiles had God not shown up and said, hey, listen, by the way, all these things you're saying are unclean. Listen, don't call these things unclean that I've made clean. And God set it up between Cornelius and Peter to meet and to talk and the gospel was shared. Uh, but he needed that, you know, that refresher from God to say, listen, I know you think Gentiles are weird. I know you think they're pagans or sinful or all the, but listen, I'm trying, he says, I love these people and you've got to go share the gospel with them and you've got to go walk in their house and eat with them and talk with them and engage with them. And, and, and then you can minister to them. And that's exactly what happened. And so for me, in the ministry part of it, too, is I'm always asking, I'm trying to peel away the onion, right? I'm trying to ask uh, the big question for me is always why. You know, why are you into this? What, what is this about? What is about this that appeals to you? And I don't say it in a judgy way. I, I say it in a, a honest way, right? Why are you into this? What's, what's the, what about this music that really gets you? What's this? And then, you know, they begin to share and talk about those things, right? Um, and I think, too, that uh, we have to let a kid know right? That I think real ministry is letting a kid know that he or she is genuinely loved. That's ministry. That's ministry in and of itself. It's not the conversion rate. It's the, do you genuinely love me? If I never, it, listen to this, this is gonna be tough to hear. If I never gave my heart to Jesus, would you still love me? If I never showed up to youth group again, would you still love me? Would you, if I never came to church again, would you still love me? And that's the, that's the deal. The kids have to know that the love is the ministry, right? Yes. And God is love, by the way, right? So there's no trade-off here. There's no, I'm going to, you know, do this and you're going to give me that. There's no trade-off with this. There's just, I love you and that's it, right? Regardless, in spite of what I think is weird and you think is normal, I'm going to um, I'm going to love you regardless because I think that's God's position on that, right? I think we can agree upon that. And listen, if you're not weird, let me give you another tip in the ministry department here is if you're not weird, you need to go recruit a weird person. If you have weird kids in your group, uh, weird according to your standard or whatever it is, or kids that you feel like you just can't connect with, find somebody just like those kids and recruit them and say, would you come be part of my team? Uh, because I'm having a hard time ministering to these kids. And uh, I know we take it upon ourselves. We take it upon our own shoulders to try to do it. But the best thing to do is to find somebody who best connects with them. And maybe there's an adult in your church who can do that. 
better than you, and that's perfectly okay. Um, if you don't, then, you know, you try to work it out best way you can, but, you know, if you have, I have, I, <clears throat> when I have, uh, you know, uh, young lady problems, right, I try to find the best lady in our church to help address that, whether that's my wife or one of our female volunteers. I don't try to do that, and sometimes, uh, you know, that if, if kids aren't like us, we have to find the best um, volunteer, the best person to do that ministry for them. Now, listen, let me say this too. You're listening to this, and maybe you've nodded your head through this whole thing, which tells me that maybe you're the weirdo, right? You're the weirdo youth pastor who struggles like me to minister to normal kids. But let me tell you something. You've got to find a way to minister to the normal kids in your youth ministry, right? The kids that did not, the kids that didn't do the stuff that you did, the kids that you can't, that can't relate with your childhood, uh, the kids that can't relate with your music. You have to find the, the, the normal kids and you have to find those kids because to those, to, you know, you might think those kids are weird, right? But you have to be able to minister to them as well. And I just think that, you know, when we're talking about, let me just go back to, you know, Nicholas Cruz, this thing happened in middle school and we have to look out for these kids that are, you know, are, are trying to find their way. They're trying to do that. And one way to do that, one way to really, it, it just makes me wonder who was not, I, right. I, we want to just unpack this whole thing. I know for me, I do. I just want to go back and look at every relationship. And, and I don't know if this kid was in a church. I don't know anything of that stuff. At this point in the news cycle, I have not heard anything about him being involved in church or a youth group or anything like that. Uh, but even regardless of that, the question is, where was the where was the adult or where was... The, did everybody try? I hope they did. I hope everybody adult tried to engage and maybe minister with this kid to this kid the best way they knew how. That's That's obviously my hope. Uh, and I'm wondering, that leads me to the next thing. You know, I read an article by Jonathan McKee, and he talks about all the kids that he tries to connect with. And every meeting he had with a kid, this was a face-to-face meeting where you where you sat down at Taco Bell or fast food place or, or wherever you were on some trip, and you just had a heart-to-heart talk, and you had a face-to-face. I know we want to text kids. I know we want to do social. I know we want to do all that. But I'm wondering if Nicholas Cruz had a face-to-face you know, love encounter with an adult that says, listen, I love you no matter what. And I, I want you to know that. You know, tell me about your life. Tell me about why these things, you know? Nicholas Cruz, I make no excuses for him, by the way. I make no excuses whatsoever. But if you're new to the story, you know, he lost his dad several years before. Uh, he, his mom had recently died. Um, there's lots of things going on there. And sometimes we don't know what's really going on within a kid's life until we sit down and have the face-to-face. We don't know the pain. We don't know what secretly is going on. We don't know what's going happening behind the scenes. And if we disengage and we don't uh, reach out to those kids that are in our group, and then suddenly if something were ever to happen, we go, well, I had no idea. Well, we had no idea, maybe because we didn't have the face to face. Just the and I, I'm just not because we wanted to have some deep theological talk, but simply because we wanted to engage and say, "Hey, dude, I love you. Hey, man, I just want to let you know I care about you. Hey, I'm just glad you're here. Uh, I'm glad you're a part of what we're doing." And so the face to face, Jonathan McKee says, makes all the difference. And so we have to maybe get away from the social and get back to a face to face where we're just having a, a conversation and we over a drink or. Uh, a soda or, uh, you know, whatever, you know, uh, or just sitting there playing ping pong or whatever it may be with a kid. And the more we resist, as I, can we kind of wrap this up, the, the more we resist, avoid, or try to forget the weird kids, the more weird they'll become to us and the more weird we'll become to them. 
we'll simply, uh, you know, be split apart by the fact that we're not engaging. Uh, and we'll have no chance of connecting with them the more we think, well, somebody else will do that. And really, that's not the case. It's, it's not going to be somebody else's job. There's a lot of people who will say, well, that's somebody else's deal, or I can't do this, and we make this, but we got to give it our best shot. we got to give it our best effort. Uh, because there's a middle school student, you know, who, like Nicholas Cruz, is struggling with something. They're, they're starting, their identity's starting to form. They're trying out new things. And man, what a great place for a youth worker to be. That in the life of a kid who's a little bit off than other kids, and we get a chance to love them, and we get a chance to affirm them and care about them and, and just say, hey, dude, you're, you're loved. You're awesome. And I'm wondering how many times Nicholas Cruz heard that. I, I, I hope, you know, maybe not enough. Maybe he did hear it, but he just didn't hear it enough from an adult who cared enough to be authentic with him. I don't know. I hope I, I just don't have any answers to that. Right, but that's where my heart breaks. That's where my heart goes out is to those kids who, who maybe don't have the adult in their life to have that face to face, that authentic relationship, that God caring, God loving kind of relationship where um, you know where Jesus is uh, the center of the of the deal, where the reasons why we do things are because God loves people, and so. I think that's where I'm going to wrap it up today, guys. Uh, I think that's just what we have to do. We have to identify, we have to engage, and then we have to minister. And I think if we do it in that order, I think our chances are better of ministering to kids who are on the edge, ministering to kids who are struggling, who have hurts, secret pains, and then we can be, and once again, it doesn't have to be us. It can be somebody else. Release it. Release that responsibility. Release that to a caring, loving adult who will do the work and help them, train them if you have to to do that, to um, to be able to do that and multiply your efforts. And that's it for today, guys. I, I thank you guys for hanging out and being with me for this uh, for this podcast. It's uh, This particular episode means a lot to me. Um, you can probably tell in my impassioned voice. Uh, and if this is your first time here, thank you for joining. Thanks for being a part. I hope you'll come back and be a part of future programs. If you're a regular, thank you so much. Appreciate your ears uh, being a part of this program today. And if you like the podcast, uh, do me a favor, go by iTunes and leave a few stars maybe in a review. I would love to uh, have the podcast found. Uh, be sure to maybe share it with somebody else. If you think uh, this podcast was a value to you, it could be a value to somebody else. So, But that's it for today, guys. Appreciate you guys hanging out, being a part. I'll catch you guys in the next episode. Talk to you later.